0: Hello, and welcome to the Philosopher's Quest podcast. Uh, On this podcast, we talk about different spiritual and philosophical topics from around the world. We hope that you enjoy uh, what we talk about, and feel free to reach out and be a part of the conversation. Uh, My name is Rob Davidson, and I'm here with... Patrick Farmer, and my brother... uh, Mitchell Farmer. Excellent. So, here today, we're going to be talking about... The Alchemist. So The Alchemist is uh, originally written in Portuguese. It is the story of a Spanish shepherd boy going on his quest for treasure. It was written by Paulo Colo and uh, is based out of the New Thought Movement that started in the late 1800s and early 1900s. Um, I've read it or listened to it through audiobook. Uh, Probably four or five, six times now. Uh, Patrick, are you two or three times? I think three at this point. Three at this point? And then you just. I've, I've done one
1: and a half. Um, one time I listened to it through work and then the other uh, while driving to Springfield. But uh, when I went back, I didn't finish it. So I'm still in the middle of it again. Wonderful.
2: So, so, yeah, so we sort of have the advanced, intermediate, and beginners. <laughs> All here to help you walk, walk through it with us. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Now, uh,
0: The Alchemist is such an amazing book. Definitely one of the uh, our top life-changing books that we've read. Um, Patrick, do you want to walk through kind of a, a general d- gist of the plot and maybe some kind of basic key points?
2: Yeah, so um, the main plot, it's a really short book. It's a very short book. Um, It's about a shepherd boy. And the whole journey is one day while he's sleeping, he has this dream of treasure, that he would find treasure. Uh, And he wakes up with these sheep, and he just cannot get it off his mind. Um, And so then the rest of the book is him kind of going on this long journey to find his treasure. And along the way, he learns all of these wisdoms um, and they're kind of hidden in within the story, the narrative of the book, and the the reader kind of walks through and learns
1: these alongside the boy. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'd say that's that's a, that's a really good, it's really good uh, s- sum of of what it, of what the book is about for sure. Um, another thing that I would add is it's definitely a a book that has many um, <clears throat> not parables but. Um, sorts of life lessons and something very interesting is, is these life lessons are, are, are introduced into the book um, sometimes before they introduce it to you verbally when they really actually talk about mm. it. So when you re-listen to it, you really actually hear or really think about those life lessons um, before they really give it to you.
2: So let's talk about some of those life lessons. Yeah. One of the ones that's repeated again and again to the boy is this idea of a personal Personal legend. legend. Personal, personal, personal legend. legend. Yeah. Personal, personal le- legend. Personal yep. So tell me about that. What did you guys take out as the pers- personal legend? What, and how have you guys kind of like um, attached that to your own lives? Yeah,
0: so when I, when I hear personal legend, it's, uh, to me, what that represents is uh, the higher self's living life to its uh, potential, Right and uh, following the the story that was uh, built and made for you, uh, we understand this in the West as purpose, right? And following one's destiny and what was intended for one, um, and I think how the book approaches it from the sense of that you know now is the time to go on it, um, now is the time to take action. Uh, because when we choose to not pursue that journey, what we turn into uh, instead of that can be uh, almost depressing out of hard of, of uh, yeah, from how how much do we miss out of the human experience when we don't live this way right yeah. and so it's it's really diving deep into what it what it means to be a human being and what's what's important to who we are and that's why it dives so much so deep into you know what the soul is and understanding how how we communicate and experience the world around us and I think a great example of this is
1: when the boy starts to learn about um, personal legend and what it is um, he learns it from this not not to give the book away but he does learn this from an old wise man and and the boy is thinking about settling down he's he's a shepherd he's thinking about wanting to settle down and maybe marry this beautiful girl and um he points the old man points to this breadmaker and the bread maker uh had dreams to travel the world to be able to to see it and, and all the beauties of it um but he decided first that he would uh be a bread maker and that first involved you know building a house building all the requirements to have that and then Throughout the years, he continued to just stay doing that. And the old man said and, uh, to the boy that, that it would be almost a dishonor to tell the, old, the, the bread maker about his personal legend because he would be in so much regret of wasting his, basically wasting his life of doing this thing and settling down. Um, and I thought that was something that was very interesting.
2: That is interesting. Could you guys tell me about how beginner's luck... Plays Mm. into personal legend. Specifically, we talked about, you talked about the bread maker. Yeah. What is is beginner's like and why is it crucial when it comes down to uh, fulfilling your personal legend? Yeah, so I think
0: it it boils down to the relationship we have with the divine, right? And from the divine, also the universe, as in that which is created or um, imagined of the divine. And what that looks like When it comes to uh, when we can create an environment where we know what we want and we actively put out into the world what we want. Yeah. The resulting environment is a universe that's conspiring for our success. And while there will be trials and tribulations along the way, ultimately... um, The power of the mind is that which connects um, our soul to the soul of the divine. And that is a two-way relationship. Yeah. Um, And I think when we lean into that, uh, we will be so surprised by what manifests itself into our path for what we want. Because now we're, we're fully communicating what we need in order to be fulfilled and and
1: something i can tell that you've listened to this book quite a few times because what you said almost almost sounded word for word as what the old man told the boy about beginner beginner beginner's luck it, it yeah. sounded you know it was, um and and i definitely think that for sure that it's it's about the it's about what you give power to what you focus on yeah. is what you get out of it it's the, it's that exact thing it's what you put your energy to, mm-hmm. um, and 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 that's and I think that's because when I when I read it, it almost sounded um as as if it was like the universe um, was giving this to you without you doing anything. But when you said it, it was you you kind of kind of giving it that same thought. But the universe is almost you putting it into in, mm. in, into thought. And you being a part of the universe, I guess.
0: Yeah, so this is where I would kind of boil things down to that the alchemical principle of the all is one and the one is all. Mm -hmm. And understanding that our ideal is in a uh, cohabitively existing with the universe. Both of us living in synergy, adding value to one and one adding value to the other. Yeah, to add on to that, think about it this way.
2: Who you are is in a, in a large part a factor of your environment. Mm-hmm. Yes, But your environment is also a large factor of who you are. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the all is in one and the one is in all. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's- so,
2: so that's kind of what he's talking about. I, I kind of want to go, first I want to touch two things. First of all, what you're talking about, Mitchell, is, is how thought creates reality as manifestation. Mm-hmm. That we, our ability to think ultimately informs not only how we perceive the world, how we interact with it but what the world becomes mm-hmm. um, which is a universal truth um, but to even go further with what Rob was saying uh, he talked about how you may face trials and tribulations even while the universe is con- conspiring with you but the, the thing that I want to in- interact with is is that it's not as though the trials and tribulations go against the universe mm-hmm. conspiring with you the trials and tribulation or the universe conspiring yes, yes, with you. Yes. Those, yes. those yes. hard times are the universe's lessons of how you can learn it. And and if you've had any experience with life, the hardest moments usually are the moments that are the most informative. Yeah. The yes. most informative of who you are, what you want to do, how you think about things. And they, they push you to beyond what Mm your typical our last
0: episode on the podcast we talked about value creation I think Patrick brings up an excellent (laughs) example of how value is forged in fire the process of uh, transmuting oneself into a better version of oneself requires pressure Um, because the stripping away the ego and a part of yourself that is holding you down into being a lesser version of yourself uh, the process of removing that is extremely painful uh, and humbling. Um, and if done in a r- wrong way, even shameful and hurtful um, mm-hmm. yeah. and debilitating. So uh, creating the processes in which one can uh, forge forward to be one's best self while also making sure that you're not pushing yourself into something you don't need to be in the moment. Yeah. Uh, and balancing your, your quest for betterment with uh, self-love and empathy and understanding and where you are in your journey, I think is, uh, is so crucial. So I wanna,
2: I wanna touch base on here. You talk about the ego and how it's really important to differentiate the ego so you're not feeding into that. Now here's what's interesting is it, it talks within the book about how imperative it is to listen to your heart. I love this, yes. This so exactly listening that. to your heart is such an yeah. important thing. Now, to me and to the listeners, uh, we're curious about this. How do you differentiate between the ego and the heart? How can you do that? You know, Because sometimes it feels like the two are mixed, mm-hmm. and a lot of times the ego will use the heart and manipulate
0: yeah. it. So I think this is a really great place that we need to clear some things up because of how uh, Paulo uh, Colo uh, creates this environment within Santiago, the boy, of this back and forth between listening to the heart and is the heart right? Is the heart wrong? Who is the heart? Um, Put an ego to that. and ego is part of another dichotomy relationship and trying to sort out which is which is really interesting because they use uh, each in different ways. And so I think what I initially, and please correct me if you think differently, Patrick, but I I see the heart as the observing self. um, And that is how i see it's actually the opposite of the ego the uh in how the alchemist talks about self um it talks about the body's interpretation of the observing self which i I think is a is a great way to spin that relationship and see it from a different angle i think functionally the same thing is happening just from a different perspective
2: yeah I think, so there's two ways that I would kind of break down what you're talking about. So to me, the the way that you delineate between them is one, I like the way you're talking about the observing self versus the thinking self. So the observing self is simply the one that's looking, right? And sees and and witnesses everything. The thinking self is the one that's judging and putting all the thoughts on top of it. Now, in this scenario, the heart is the physical body. It's It's the experiences
0: that we're having. I would almost... Are you... Okay, maybe... Okay. Well, and, and this is why I think it's weird because I would almost say the opposite for the alchemist. How I would... If I was talking about a Buddhist philosophy, I would obviously say exactly what you're saying. Okay. Where I'm looking at how they approach it in the alchemist. I almost think that the boy's active voice is the thinking self and the heart is the observing self. Because the heart... Is connected to, based on their language, the soul of the world, which would then we would say is connected to the observing self, right? Sure. And, and that's. I mean, that's. I think we're saying
2: the same thing. Okay. I'm okay. Sorry. So, so that's exactly right. Maybe I, maybe I, said
0: it the wrong way. No, I. Yeah, promise. the heart. The
2: heart is tied to your physical body, which of course is tied to the the rest of the world. You know, there's a, there's an interconnection there, uh, and ultimately the universe. Um, while the the mind definitely. And again, here, the mind isn't always bad, but it can, it can be a place where it can lead you astray. But what I think is interesting here that makes it easier, rather than just defining it there, because mm-hmm. obviously the mind is a very helpful tool, is instead of leaving it there, asking yourself, okay, within the mind, is this from a point of insecurity? Mm-hmm. What, is this, what is this coming from? Now, if it's stemming from a point of insecurity, it surely is the ego, but is it not stemming from a point of insecurity is it is it coming from a different point is it coming from a point of generosity mm-hmm. is it coming po- from a point of excitement is it coming from uh, a desire to make something better mm-hmm. you know that's that all these things are kind of interconnected that would be the way that you you do it but the the thing is is that the the boy is frustrated with the heart as we all are because it's fickle you know the the heart once, but once, it but it's it's just changing. It's and it's hard to hear. It's hard to understand. So my question is: is within your own lives, you're listening to your heart. You're listening to your heart's desire. How do you get to that point to where you listen to it in a way that's like where you're actively listening to it? You're not you're not in a place where you're you're kind of ignoring it because it's it's steering you in different directions. And how do you go along with the heart without just being inconsistent? And just and completely and like being a flake and not doing things, you know, Mm -hmm. because sometimes, you know, maybe desires are
0: Desires can change from one time to another. You know, how do you do that? I I would really lean into objective-based thinking Uh, not from a uh, Get into the end journey uh, But rather of understanding that each day you're working toward your personal mission and that personal mission and your, uh, your your, personal legend. Your personal legend and your relationship to where you are along that journey, um, I think is how we judge our personal progress. Because I think if if we have the singular mission, it's very easy to see then how close or far away we are from some kind of actualization.
1: Something that I remember is um, at a certain point, uh, the boy meets the alchemist and he starts talking to the alchemist and the alchemist really starts giving him the um, ideas of listening to your heart and the heart being connected to the soul of the world and at this point the bo- boy continuously is listening to his heart and he says, well, what, what if my heart hurts? What if, uh, as, as it does when it comes to conflict, a lot of conflict, a lot of personal conflict, conflict when when his personal legend is getting in the way of wanting to be with a certain girl mm-hmm. um, and he says well listen to it because one of the worst things you can do is to have your heart scream and not to be listened because then it will just close up and mm-hmm. it won't talk to you anymore and it's important to allow it to feel listened. Now that, that, now that does not mean that you will give it what it wants mm-hmm. but let it be heard. Let its voice be heard and
0: acknowledge it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a very very, very important thing that I got out of that for sure yeah. during that
0: time. Well, and I would almost point out it's uh, in the same way as that, like the boy is hearing and learning these things from the alchemist. There's also an element in which the boy is the alchemist. Yes, right, and that is where we have this transformational journey, mm-hmm. that, uh, the that's from, journey. That's <laughs> that the boy alchemical journey that's alchemical that the boy goes from being a shepherd to literally being someone with magical power. Right, and how that happens is uh, is edged into his personal. Yeah, experience.
2: and I, and I want to talk about this. There's to me, there's a real transition. There's a real point at which he goes from being literally a, a shepherd to an to on his quest for alchemy, yeah. and that point is not only when he sells his sheep. He sells his sheep. Yeah. That's when he buys in. But the real point that he becomes on like he goes on his journey is after he gets stolen from. Yes. Right. So right after he gets stolen from, uh, he, he realizes this and this is exactly what Mitchell was talking about. He goes back to this and he says, he was, you have to choose between seeing yourself as a victim of a thief or as a boy on quest for his treasure. And that is such an interesting thing. It's yeah. like that is so paramount. That's the beginning. That is the true beginning of the journey. It's like we're all on that journey, and how much of, of, of our lives is playing the victim? You know, yeah. instead of realizing, no, we're not victims. We're on quest for our journey, and this is just one moment in in the the huge narrative that's going to bring us to that point. You know, but it's easy to play the victim, and yeah. I think it's I think it's a really natural thing. But I know? think that's
0: that's what the book does so well is it takes. It shows you a tra- the transformative nature of archetypes and how someone who would have been seen as a victim throughout the entire book becomes someone of a- immense power and personal fulfillment mm-hmm. through just leaning into what makes them them, right, and leaning into what they know to be true—the soul of the world and uh, their own journey in it.
2: And what they—and there's a choice of thought. That's what you see all again and again. Yeah. The boy. Has two diverging points yeah. where he can choose to see things the normal way, or he can choose to see things the alchemical way. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 each time there is a, there is a huge difference in consciousness afterwards. There's a huge difference in how he interacts with people. There's a huge difference do between you, the, the, the about One of the has.
0: best representations of this yeah. between the boy and the guy that's searching for the alchemist. Oh,
1: yes, yes, the Englishman, the Englishman, Englishman. because the Englishman is always, always, well, he's always reading about different stuff, and he's always trying, he's always introducing thoughts into the boy's mind, and then, and then the boy says something like, huh, that's a funny thought, and then, and then he'll, and then he'll say that thought, which the Englishman said, or he'll say, or this other thing, and he'll, and he'll, and he'll have, and he'll give, and he'll give him those, like you said, those two roads, um,
0: yeah, and it's so fascinating that despite being so, um, well, really? overt about his uh, supposed personal legend, the Englishman, um, we see him being compared to the boy who we know is on their personal legend, and how the boy uh, inter- uh, interprets new information. So mm-hmm. about what the they both talk about when they're talking about alchemy together, depending on what's going on with the caravan, depending on what's going on with where they are at the oasis, you can see the comparison of someone who is approaching it from a station of intellect and yeah. someone who is approaching it from a statement of faith mm-hmm. and belief and intuition and their soul. It's a completely different environment.
1: The Englishman either knows that it is true or knows that it isn't. I I I saw yeah. in sometimes and that and that the boy was well how do I know what is and what isn't? I know and he that he knows that the boy knows very little. See, to me,
2: I think the distinction really lies in the fact that to the Englishman it is information to be understood and to the boy it is a practice to be practiced, mm-hmm. right? And so to the boy, no amount of information... Information is useless if it is not applicable, mm-hmm. right? If it if it isn't directly applicable yeah.
0: in some way... Well, it's applicable to the self within one's own transmutation of self. Exactly. So yeah. that's the issue, is that the, out, the Englishman is looking for being actually able to transform lead into gold. And the boy is... Every day, actively performing alchemy on yourself. That's a good way of saying it.
2: And that's the goal. That's the ultimate goal is to perform alchemy. That's what all of us, our ultimate goal is to begin to perform alchemy on ourselves. Now, within that goal, I want to talk to you about the art of seeing and interpreting omens. Mm -hmm. Seeing and interpreting omens. So let me ask you this. Uh, so, the boy sees within the book all these all these different things. maybe it's uh, when he's in the desert and he sees all the different birds yep. flying around and he knows that somehow he has an interpretation that armies are, the attack. armies yep. are going to attack, and he has the guts to go do that. yes, you know so within our own lives, what are the omens that we see? you know how can we, and how can we begin to develop our ability to interpret them? Without it just being BS, you know, without it just being like complete hogwash, we're just looking at things and we're giving it a fake thing. How can we do that
1: authentically? How can we determine what things are omens?
0: Synchronicities would be a huge area to discuss here. What were you going to say? I was
1: going to say that the omens, um, what you said, gut reaction, that's possibly what the omen is, is that the omen is what is your, when you see this, what is like, what is your natural inclination of it? When you, um... Because his natural inclination when he saw the birds was, "There's war coming," so it could be even that instead of this this idea of 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 seeing an omen and knowing exactly what it means, you know what I mean? Yeah. But what were you gonna say?
0: No, uh, I I think you were you were spot on. Uh, we were me and Patrick have talked a lot about synchronicities and synchronicities being a uh, a resonance of similar or likewise events that repeat within an experience. Instance, where you have uh, for instance, let's say that uh, you, you were focusing on a topic of uh, – uh, you were in the process of decide, making a decision that uh, means uh, – is very significant to your life. And all of a sudden, you start seeing this repeating pattern yeah. of uh, something else from your life that you, you take comfort from. And so now you have this – constantly repeated vibration of hey here is one event oh here it is again here it is again and how that will look in real life is all of a sudden you'll have conversations or you'll just see oh I was just talking about that with someone but you'll see that like three four or five times and it's traditionally it's thought that uh, the more interactions you have the greater in the scale the synchronicity mm-hmm. and so it's looking at how is the entire environment of the universe crisscrossing in on itself? Yeah. And how is that different than just a trend? Well, I would say this is where we get into the soul of the world of being able to perceive into something and intuitively, like you're saying, Mitchell, intuitively know what's being communicated to you.
1: Sure. Well, another thing that when you were talking about that was the fact that, is it also because you are constantly thinking about a certain thing that yeah. then when something arises it, it arises quote unquote more because either more than likely subconsciously <clears throat> the topic keeps on coming up even though it may because the the, the idea of the this you know the soul yeah. of the world seems more um, <clears throat> theoretical than you know real to me so when I think of it I, I don't see it the actual universe really conspire, uh, uh conspiring to, to, to give you the, the decision, but it's that because you are putting the thought into it, the, uh, these things are constantly arising because of it, because you're more aware of it, perhaps.
2: Yeah, and maybe, so I'm going to go a little bit with what you were saying as far as I can tell, is that oftentimes when we see reoccurring things, it's because our mind is linked onto it. Yeah. And so what maybe he's saying is, is that the trend of these continual things, the synchronicity, shows that the mind is linked in. it, mm-hmm. it, it is chosen. And that the the whole thing at this point isn't of you making a choice is almost illusory. The, the choice has almost been made for you. Yeah, so you're reflecting in on yourself. Yeah what's all I'm about like you. and by you yeah. I mean a deeper self. The yeah. deeper self has already the higher self has already made the decision and then the lower self can then, make, then, can then actualize that, correct? Mm-hmm. Is that sort of what you were getting Yeah, that's at? exactly
1: what I was talking about, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So it is, it is a very, very good question. Okay, let me ask you this. Um, so this is just a personal question. Where in your own lives have you had to be like the boy and sell the sheep? Where have you sold your sheep to be able to perform and to become an alchemist and where do you feel like in the future you might have to sell your sheep in order to, uh, in order to become an alchemist and what's holding you
1: back? Well, for me, a lot of my life decisions have not been based on a conscious decision to then change it. It's been based on, um, impulses or mistakes and then then it is changed because of that. Course correcting? Yes! <laughs> reactive? Yes. Yeah, um, reactive, yeah. Now, I'd say with, with selling your sheep, that is much more conscious, much more aware so, so with those, I, I don't think I would equate it to that. But I would say um, perhaps even the uh, not sure I I really, I really, right now I couldn't say because, because I'm so I am so connected with the fact that it 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 really has to be in my mind, the the conscious decision to move forward, to to not because with me it 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 was mistakes which then put me on another path. Now with I didn't really have a choice to get put on that path after I'd made the mistake. Now it could been I was selling my sheep. By making that mistake, but I feel, uh, selling your sheep is much more being aware and wanting to go to that to that Fantastic. next thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. But what you're talking about is you're talking about reacting to being stolen. So once the once your money is stolen, yeah. that's what you're saying. Yeah. So if you if you if it's about being reactive, then how are you responding to that? Are you are you responding like the boy, where you realize, okay, this is this is my chance to start my journey. You know, or are you like many others yes. viewing it as your own victimhood, something to to be about? Well,
1: f- of course, in in this instance, I was for sure um, moaning about it for it, it. I was in much turmoil for the beginning, but as as life went on, um, I started to see the many blessings because it took me out of an environment which I wasn't really. Felt accepted or or really thrived in um, per se. So I think that it again it was much more. Uh, I think now now I see things as much more of an opportunity. Um, I didn't have the amount of credits to live in the fraternity house um, this this year uh, for this semester at least. And the whole time I, w- I was upset not even by the fact that I couldn't live there, but just because um, of my mistakes for not uh, taking care of it sooner and and realizing that. But, um, when I went into it, I was very much like, you know what, we'll see, we'll see how this goes. It's not bad. It's not good. And, uh, so far, um, it has been good. It's been, I've been able to, um, live in a, in a dorm room by myself and the people in the the fraternity has COVID right now. There are people who've, who've tested COVID for the past uh, three weeks. Um, and, and that was definitely something that I remember being conscious about even though I was still anxious about it and upset I I went into it thinking that it wasn't all bad. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely an instance
0: for sure I I really see in my own life uh, sheep selling moments uh, ticket b- uh, buying moments uh, Gypsy moments I, I think I've, I've experienced a lot of these and a lot of times um, feels like pushing through something despite everyone telling you to do the opposite mm. and just knowing in your gut what, what you're doing is the right thing and that everything else doesn't really matter and just uh, my uh, transcendence is entirely based on the relationship I have with myself and the divine there's nothing else impacting that and uh, You know, it definitely gets you to the point where so much that you thought was of yourself. You know, this boy being a shepherd thought his sheep was part of his identity, and he had to strip away from that. And uh, lose that part of his identity in order to actually resonate further with who he truly was. And I think that most of the most pivotal uh, parts of the Alchemist's journey, or Santiago's journey, all reflect on that.
2: It's interesting because... Here. We can always go back. Yeah. Sorry. We're in the middle of a podcast. So what I find interesting about that is that the boy was a shepherd, and he still was. Even after he let go of the sheep... One of the refrains that he had, which I think is so useful in my life, I just want to repeat my, this to myself all the time, is, I know shepherding, I know it, I know how to do it, you know, I can leave it now and come back to it later, it's not going to change, it'll be here for me, you know, there's there's no risk in doing it, you know, I'm going to learn how to do this other thing, yeah, you know, and if it doesn't work out. Then the worst comes to worst, I come back and do the exact same thing. Yeah. I build myself up to where I'm at. I know I can do that. Um, and so, even as he goes through alchemy, he goes through alchemy yeah, so as a
0: as so a shepherd. As a shepherd, even though he's he not he alchemy have alchemy yeah. as a crystal shop assistant, he goes and performs alchemy as a caravan accompanying with a each caravan. Thing. Yeah. With being a uh, wasn't an advisor to the king of the oasis or the the chief of the oasis. The chief of the oasis. Yeah, Yeah. and then being a merchant. And then, you know, so all of these things he found solace in, even to the point where he was being compared to the journey of the alchemist himself, Mm -hmm. right? And being able to, even in the desert, find food. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's like he was able to uh, transcend each stepping stone of his life while moving further and further toward who he really was. Yeah.
2: And at the same time, it's not like he rejects it. It's still a part of him. Being a shepherd is still a fundamental piece of who he is as an alchemist. But
0: I think he also had to let go of them as attachments. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Yes, but the way in which he interprets reality is is in a, a large part due to the 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 truths that he uh,
0: yeah, so he well, was able he was... to uh, maintain a relationship with Fatima, despite being on the opposite side of the Mediterranean, right? And that I think is is a great representation of um, being separated from the attachment while also having a connection of being within the all.
2: Which is a great
0: lesson. Yes, yeah.
2: you know it's it's the two it's the two of of, of having. You know the connection with it, while still not um, being you know so tied in mm-hmm.
0: that you that you can't be without it. Exactly. You know, which is it is a hard balance. Well, and the the alchemist even tells this to Santiago of what his life would look like if he held on to an attachment uh, yep. to Fatima, of like yep. how it would his entire life would be good, but then it would stop. And, and how if he didn't, so, and something
1: end. and something that he said was. Uh, he said but you will all, even if even if your life is you know a blessing and, 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 and you have you are you are you have all these things you will always have that thought in your mind if i what if i didn't go for the for my treasure and that becomes a poison to the rest of your life yeah it becomes a poison that's exactly what he said yes yeah which, which i think is which i think which uh, was huge i mean there were there were like uh, lots of things that you take from this book, but that, that, that was a a huge thing is that, is the fact that when you really feel this, this drive to want something, but it's the, it's the, the, the temptation to settle for what you have because you, you, you almost don't, you don't want to let that go. You don't want the chance of what you have already to, to to be lost. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though you know deep down that you will regret it.
0: Yeah, it's it's the monkey holding on to a banana in the trap. It's uh, the same, you know, yeah. and it's just like yeah, it's if it lets beautiful. go, it will eat so many more bananas than if it holds on. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot talking about this. We're almost at kind of that time that we yeah, watched. What are yeah. what are some, you know, big final thoughts that okay, our, so our listeners can take away I, why this is a great book? What what I wanna
2: say is is that one of the things that Melchizedek said mm. with within within the book. Um, and like this is at the very at, at the very beginning of the book, when he's when the boy is just starting out on his journey, he meets this king and he's disguised, right? And one of the things that he says kind of really ardently, you know, the boy's reading this book, and the um, he says, Oh, you know, Melchizedek is like, oh, I know the book, and he's like, the boy's like, oh, you read it? It's this big, thick. Book, right? And he said, I don't need to read it to know what's inside of it. And he said, and the boy's confused, like, how? He's like, it, like all of the books, tell the greatest lie. And the boy's like, what? (laughs) What's the greatest lie? And it's that at a certain point in our lives, we lose control of what's happening to us and our lives become controlled by fate. So, that I think is a great place to really kind of wind down is, is that, we gotta ask ourselves is, as we're living our lives, mm-hmm. and as we're going through the stories that we're going through, would Malchizedek look at us and say, this is a person who's, who's living under the greatest lie? Do you, are you living in a way where you're thinking that what's, that what's happening to you, you don't have control over? That it's just, you're just one mechanism. You know, and it may not be that, that, sound that dramatic, but any time where you don't take responsibility, full responsibility for what's going on in your life, for the events, for your own feelings, all these things, then you're falling into the world's greatest lie. So, what I want to tell you is what I want to tell all of us, especially myself, is to take personal responsibility. The al- alchemy is first and foremost taking full, complete control, uh, uh, responsibility over your, over your life and being able to see that, you know, manifesting is a, is a really important thing and that by changing the way in which you view the world, the way that you think about the world, that you can do this and that you can use omens as a way to dive deeper into what you want. The world is telling you, the universe is telling you what you want. And all you have to do is look because the signs are there. Um, and so I kind of just wanted to say that. And I want, I want to say that as you go in, listen to your heart, you don't have to follow it. Like Mitchell was saying, you don't have to follow it. Just listen to it. And as you do this, um, as you listen to your heart, I hope as, as I think for all of us, it will occur that your personal legend will come out and that you will bravely and quickly, um, do that. And, and you know, one thing that we did not get into that I, that I really want to talk about, or no, I think we did, is this idea of beginner's luck. Mm-hmm. You have to, it is so imperative that you respond now. If you have that sign, that, that the thought, do it, do it. Don't, don't wait. If you have an, if you have an impulse, this an impulse to, to create something, don't let it be a, to, to, to don't let it to stay a thought. You Make know. it into a reality yeah, as fast as possible. Because yes. once you have a beginner's luck, you, you have that. And the last thing I want to say is this, they talk about the universal language, how important this boy, the boy's looking around he wants to know the universal language. And he's, he's trying to find it out all the time. And it turns out the universal language is enthusiasm. Yep. And, and it's the language that everything speaks to each other. And what I want to say to you is that as you go through life, learn that language learn the language of enthusiasm really dive into the language of enthusiasm as you fulfill your personal legacy and do not in any way um stop your beginner's luck look if you have the beginner's luck be just do as much whatever whatever the universe gives you you got to give back as much as possible you know because it's you don't it's a narrow window yeah you know the
0: the universe will help you spark that fire, but you got to keep the forge going. So, well, well said, Patrick. Any other thoughts? I would just say
1: uh, it's a great bu- book to listen to on audio. Uh, the 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 reader um, uh, is very he, he he's got he's got a very nice voice. Um, did you listen on Audible? Was it on Audible? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it
2: was yeah, on Audible. Mine too. And yeah, I've yeah, yeah. yeah, on Audible. The, yeah.
0: the orange cover is yeah. that one is it's just a great phenomenal. reader. Yeah. It's yeah.
2: phenomenal. Yeah, it's so easy to listen to. And, and really a
1: lot of a lot of ideas that you listen to and 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 you really are like wow and you and and, and it's during it's during, you know, uh, uh, uh of course in the I don't know the 18th century or so, 17th century. it's
0: during um, it's it's fairly it, Early, but then it's also timeless in its approach. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. But it's you're so, about when it's set. Yeah, so like time when time it's you're...
1: set. When it's set, but like it's so it's set. You know, earlier um, in time. But, yeah, but, it, but you could
0: almost put it could be set today. Yeah, it really. Yeah. Fe-
1: there's so many. So many. It, it it's timeless. The lessons that that they have, and it's it's really very. It's really short. It's less than six
0: hours, I think. Yeah, four I think hours. it's like four, four hours. hours. Yeah, four yeah, hours, yeah, four hours and like twelve minutes or something. Yeah. yeah. No. Fantastic. Well, Mitchell, thanks for, so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for Patrick, having me. Frank, you know, you're kind of cool. It's nice to, <laughs> I'm recurring, so uh, to uh, to uh, to it's quite it's 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 special. special. <laughs> uh, and uh, thank you, listener, for joining us today. Uh, if you have any questions, thoughts, uh, eureka moments that you want to run past us, please do so. We look forward to hearing from you. Take care and have an amazing rest of your week.